This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by Patrick Magnus, our second new host here, or co-host, over at Over the Monster, uh, and he also writes at the Dynasty Guru. So welcome, Patrick. Hey, thanks, Jake. Uh, I'm happy to join you on another platform. This is pretty exciting. Yeah, so Patrick has worked over uh, at the Dynasty Guru with uh, with me over there on a podcast, and we liked him so much we decided to bring him in here because uh, Patrick is a Red Sox fan who is living in China. Uh, so Patrick, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about kind of yourself and how you got into uh, you know your interest in baseball and the Red Sox and podcasting and all that good stuff. Sure. So, um, lifelong Red Sox fan, um, and <laughs> grew up in New England, obviously living in China now, like Jake mentioned, um, but I've been following the Sox my entire life, and, uh, man, you know, people say it's hard not to be romantic about baseball, and that's totally, I fall into that sort of cheesy line <laughs> where I, I really fell in love with baseball at a young age. Uh, and I've just been following it obsessively since. Uh, been writing over at the Dynasty Guru now for about, uh, two years. Uh, you know, been taking a, quite an interest in the, the fantasy aspect of the game, but Sox will always be my team. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to, uh, to talk Red Sox with you on a, a regular basis. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. We're really happy to have Patrick here, so uh, let's just get right into it. On today's April 7th episode of The Red Seat, we are going to diagnose what exactly has been going wrong with the Red Sox by going position by position and looking at it that way. We're also going to start off with a little bit of housekeeping and some notes. So the first thing is that Brock Holt and Brian Johnson were placed on the injured list with a scratched cornea and some shoulder inflammation, respectively. Uh, the call-ups and replacing those guys are Sue Wei Lin and Marcus Walden. I don't expect too much of a uh, defensive uh, lapse with uh, Sue Wei Lin. He's a really good defender. He's been hitting a little bit, so he actually should be an improvement. Uh, and then Marcus Walden uh, actually pitched pretty well in the spring. Um, so I think that's more of a just the sheer attrition uh, that's been, been put on the, the Red Sox bullpen so far. 
yeah, is it weird that I'm like oddly excited about these two uh, replacements? <laughs> um, I, I love Sue Lynn and uh, Marcus Walden generates a, a small bit of excitement from my heart. Uh, I, I like him. So yeah, I'm excited by both these call-ups. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I mean, we we have to appreciate what Brian Johnson's been able to do for the team in the early going, but he's been used a lot more than I think anybody expected him to be used, and we're going to get into that when we talk about the rotation and what they've done or not done um, earlier in the year. But I agree <laughs> with you. I'm excited about Su Wei Lin. He's always someone I like to watch when he comes up. Yeah, he's got a bit with a bat, too. Like, I know he's known for his defense. His bat isn't terrible either. Um, it's it's played relatively well, uh, although more in the minors than the majors. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, so the Red Sox are two and eight entering play today. They're currently, as we're recording this, in the fourth inning of a scoreless game. Um, this ties for their worst ten game start of all time. Uh, needless to say, Patrick, things are not going as we uh, we drew them up. This early going, it's uh, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's not been great. You know, uh, last year's team was probably the best. You know, it's like the best team I've watched uh, for the Red Sox, and you just like that feeling of like going into a game and like knowing you were gonna win, which was an odd feeling for you know, even though we've had our our fair share of championships, like still to watch and feel like you're going to win as a, a pessimistic Red Sox fan was. Well, it's unusual, and now we're back to what is like feels more normal as a Red Sox fan uh, to to lose in such traumatic fashion a little bit. But it's a long game here. We're only what are we ten games in, eleven games in? I think we're gonna be okay. Yeah, ten and a half uh, as as we record this right now. So we're gonna go position by position, and we're going to talk about how players have performed at each position and uh, whether or not they are the cause or the reason for you to worry. We're going to start in the field and we're going to start at the catcher position. So the first person we want to talk about is Christian Vasquez. Uh, He's batting 176 on the year. Hasn't been great. Blake Swihart's also been playing catcher. Uh, Swihart's batting 500 on the year and has delivered uh, positive defensive value too. So that's a big, huge plus for him. Uh, I personally don't think this is the reason why the Red Sox are struggling, is their performance at catcher. Uh, sure, we'd like Vasquez to be better, but Swihart has been great over the six games he's appeared in. Um, and more importantly for Swihart, he's starting to get some development time and uh, actually get some regular PT. So uh, I am not happy with the performance from catcher, but I'm really encouraged by what I saw from Swihart. Yeah, I mostly agree with you. I mean, Swihart the the big like draw for catcher. Like, I'm really interested to see what he's capable of doing with uh, you know a good share of playing time. And Vasquez, I mean, he's Vasquez. This is he's not good with the bat. He's just never going to be great with the bat. And so um, the positive here is for me is Swihart for sure. I mean, batting 500. A bomb the other day on his birthday. It was wonderful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I can't say that catcher is is the reason behind the recent struggles. Yeah, I agree. We got a couple listener questions about the uh, the struggles at catcher, and one came from Chris Balf, and he says, "Are we allowed to ask if No Sandy is having an impact on the starting pitching, 
or will smart baseball people shame us into not talking about it? Do you feel like not having Sandy has had any impact on the struggles of the starters so far? Um, or do you feel like this is squarely on the shoulders of the starting pitching? It's on the shoulders of the starting pitching. I don't, I don't necessarily believe, um, that Leon had, uh, that much of an impact. I know that the starters would differ, uh, um, I know he he was beloved, but for his defensive skills. But no, I I, I put this on the pitchers. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we also got a question um, from JJ the Jet, and he says, on a scale of one to ten, how much would you regret the Vasquez extension uh, he got two years ago? Do you regret that Vasquez extension at all? Oh no, because we won a World Series. I don't regret it. Um, and Vasquez is like. I love the way that Vasquez like carries himself on the field. I know that's silly to say, but I really do. Like he, he has like this sort of ownership behind the plate that you look at the catcher. Um, so I don't, I don't regret the extension. No, and obviously like the catching in Boston is something that has needed to sort itself out. Um, with you know Swihart eventually becoming sort of the force behind the plate. So we'll see. But no, I, I do not regret it. Yeah, and it's also a fairly small money extension too. So it's not like the team really extended itself here and has this huge albatross of a contract. So yeah, I don't regret it either. And uh, I definitely don't think catcher is the reason why the team's struggling. So moving on to first base. Um, first base, we have Mitch Moreland, who has had a slash line this year of 259, 375, 593. He's been fantastic. Uh, Steve Pierce just came off the DL. Uh, I don't think we can complain about anything that Mitch Moreland has done, and this tandem is surprising me by playing pretty well. Yeah, Mitch Moreland has been, you know, uh, he's he's reached expectations. He's a doubles machine. Uh, it's on base, uh, decent defense, and you know these two these two are going to be, you know, they're going to combine forces to make a really good first baseman. So <laughs> uh, it's definitely not the place to place blame. Yeah, certainly not. Moving on to second base, though. This has been an absolute horror show. Uh, Eduardo Nunez, he is currently batting 185, 185, 222. Uh, Holt has a slash line of 063, 211, 063. Oh, holy shit, Patrick. Um, this is just... <laughs> This is just god-awful. Uh, Nunez already has a fielding error. Pedroia can't come back soon enough. This unit is certainly one of the biggest reasons why the Red Sox suck so far this year. This is terrible. Nunez playing uh, second base on a regular base is just not meant to be. He He's he's a mess out there. He, you know, you mentioned that he already has a fielding error. And like, I'm surprised you have to. Like, he's just you can't play him at second base on a daily basis. No, and, and Holt being worse than him so far with the bat is surprising too. I mean, Holt's got less playing time, but um, man, it has just been a nightmare uh, out there. And it's encouraging that Dustin Pedroia uh, played nine innings the other day in the minor leagues, and he had a couple hits too. So, I mean, even if you can get Pedroia back in there half the time or three quarters of the time. That's going to be a huge boost to this team because I feel like a diminished Pedroia, even with a diminished bat and diminished defense, is going to be a massive upgrade over either of these two. Has Pedroia played back-to-back games yet? I'm not sure if he has. 
Yeah, because that's going to be the big tell, I think, for his knees and what he's capable of. Um, it's not that if he can make it through one game, but if he can make it through back-to-back games. Um, just the stress of the season on those knees is something that's pretty concerning to me. Um, but I do agree that, you know, whatever's left of Fedroya out there is going to be um, something to watch uh, and uh, an, an improvement over this terrible trash mess that <laughs> has occupied second base so far. Yeah, I'd like to uh, bulldoze what we've had at second base and get rid of it. Shortstop, though. Agreed. <laughs> the, 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 the newly minted Xander Bogarts in his fresh deal. Uh, Xander has hit 250, 368, 438 on the season. Uh, I feel like we could use a little bit more power from Xander, but he seems like hardly the reason why the team is struggling so far. Yeah, agreed. He's he's doing Bogart's things, and he's getting like the batting average is a little low right now, but that'll come up, and the power will come. It's it's still April. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he sometimes starts off a little slow. Third base. Um, this one I was a little surprised at. Uh, as as many of you guys know, I cover the Red Sox every day for Locked On, uh, and so every day I do a podcast and. I hadn't noticed, even from covering the team daily, that Rafael Devers had been struggling so much. Um, he's got a slash line on the season of 243, 317, 297. He's already got two errors on the year. We have talked about those a good bit on Locked On. Um, Fangraphs, though, says he hasn't been a negative defender on defense, but this simply isn't good enough for a guy who you're relying on a key offensive contribution from at the hot corner. Yeah, he has struggled so far. I mean, even like after his hot spring, you were sort of hoping that was going to carry over the momentum from spring into the regular season, but it just hasn't. Uh, and a lot of it is like there hasn't been a lot of thump from his bat. I mean, 97 slugging is, uh, <laughs> right? I mean, that's yeah. not good. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not what you need from him. I mean, he's a big, beefy boy. He needs to be. He needs to have that slugging percentage in the high fours, low fives. I mean, that's that's what you expect from the hot corner. Yeah, and I mean, c- come on, come on, baby Devers, let's, let's get it together over yeah. there at third base. <laughs> He's got to stop being a bonehead over there. For every uh, every great play we see from him, it seems like we see two that are kind of stupid. So I'm hoping that this will be the year he figures it he- out. He's working on it. Give him a, give him another full season over at uh, third base there. He's he's still growing, but the big I'm more concerned about the offense from him. Uh he just flails uh pitching sometimes. He'll swing at anything. Uh it's pretty concerning. Yeah, certainly uh not going to be long for that uh top of the lineup, that's for sure. Uh, right. Right field. Mookie Betts. Uh, so far on the season, Mookie is batting 262, 333, 476 with a 120 WRC+. Plus. He certainly hasn't been the Mookie of last year, but also not someone you can count on as an issue right now. Um, he's got five extra base hits on the year, including three doubles and two home runs. Uh, what are your thoughts so far on what you've seen from Mookie? Uh, he looks like Mookie Betts. He just, I, it's April, he's warm and like... Yeah, sure. It's not the the Mookie Betts of last year so far, but um, definitely somebody that the team can still count on. And it's it's not he's not the issue right now for this team for the struggles. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, certainly not somebody you can point to. The next guy, however, um, man, Jackie Bradley Jr. 
Ding, ding, ding. We found our dude right here. Uh, JBJ is batting 171, 194, 200 with a zero home run uh, so far. With zero home runs so far and his walk rate of just 2.8%. He's striking out more than 30% of the time. Uh, this is all substantially worse than his career norms, and he's been worth negative 0.2 war so far, according to Fangraphs. Jackie Bradley Jr. has been a big steamy dump in center field so far. It's just been awful. <laughs> yeah, he has been terrible. And like you were hoping, like after the spring, you know, of course he teased us again with another great spring. And then there was the of the JD uh, Martinez like swing, helping swing and working things out. And you thought, oh man, JBJ is going to have himself one hell of a 2019. Uh, not so far. So far, he's been uh, looking like that streaky JBJ of old. You know, I even apologized for this like one pot ago and ate crow about how I treated JBJ last year when everybody was talking about his exit velo and how great it was and how, you know, it spelled positive things for his future. And I even drafted him on like five of my teams this year. And now I'm just like... What what was I doing admitting I was wrong about this guy? I clearly <laughs> haven't seen any real change. Like, this sucks. I, I, I am most surprised about this uh, than I am anything else. Like, if you told me Devers was going to struggle, sure, he's still young. If you told me that second base was going to suck with Nunez and Holt, yep, like, that's fine. Expected that. But I did not expect center field to be this bad with Jackie. Um, he's in one of his cold, cold streaks. He looks awful. Um and we've seen no evidence of a different approach. In fact, we've seen a worse approach than he's ever had before. I'm trying not to overreact because we're talking about a 10-game sample size. He does have a hit today so far as we're recording the podcast. But, man, I am not buying that there are any real changes going on right now. It's really hard to see those. I feel like they need to just give him, like, a few days off and just tell him to go in the cage and, like, figure his shit out because this is not going to work. I'm with you for the most part. I'm, I think I'm a little more hopeful on, uh, how the season plays out for JBJ. Um, I, I am one of those people that was sort of buying into, uh, his, uh, sort of like peripherals and the season here thinking that he could have a more positive 2019. Um, so I'm, I'm still holding out hope. I don't own him on any teams, luckily. <laughs> so maybe I'm not being. Uh, quite as burned by him as you are but yeah no we need to see some more positive things i think a couple days off in cage would do him well yeah yeah clear that head left field andrew benintendi uh so far on the year benny has bat batted 270 333 378 he's only got three extra base hits so far zero of them are home runs the power hasn't showed up kind of like bogart's um, but it's hard to classify him as a real problem so far, and uh, I think we all expect him uh, to perform quite a bit better. So I guess he's, like, partially an issue, but I'm not sure if I'd really count him as one. Uh, I mean, 270, 333, 378. The 378 is a little bit lower than you'd like, but um, he's having good at-bat right now. You, I mean, he's getting on base, and, like, I'm not worried about Ben Attendee at all, and I don't consider him a huge negative yet. Yeah, I'm mostly with you there. DH, J.D. Martinez so far has started off right where he left off. Uh, J.D. has a line of 359, 419, 590 with three bombs on the season. 
Uh, he's actually on pace to better his weighted runs created plus of 170 from last year. He's currently sitting at 191. Uh, he is surely not the problem. Dude is a robot. That's <laughs> that's what he is. He's a hitting he's a hitting machine. He's a robot. He's a Terminator. I don't. He destroys space. Yeah, he's, he's very uh, good. He's he's the best. Um, it's hard to imagine where the Red Sox would be without his positive contributions. They'd probably have zero wins at this point. So yes. it's uh it's it's really good to have JD Martinez on your team. Yeah. Bullpen. Everybody was scared to death about this bullpen heading into the year, um, but over 36.1 innings pitched so far, the bullpen has put up a 4.21 ERA. They're striking out 10.4 guys per nine while walking a hair under three per nine. Um, this is a ton of innings so far. Uh, it's tied for seventh in the MLB in usage. Um, but I'm super encouraged. The bullpen has been awesome, and I think that this ERA is even a little bit deceptive because they've thrown so many innings. Their late-inning guys have been really good, and guys like Brian Johnson have come in and thrown a shitload of innings early on because of how bad the starters have been. So they've really been hung out to dry a little bit, and they're still putting up respectable numbers. It's true. They've been a lot better than I thought. Um, Brewer has been a nice addition bullpen as well um i'm uh, i'm hopeful i'm still nervous like when the bullpen when that game is handed over to the bullpen i'm still a little nervous like i still like when it comes down like yesterday's game you really i felt like the red sox had that in the bag but i was a little nervous with the bullpen coming out like a game between the bullpens i thought uh i can't quite trust this red sox bullpen yet you, you know i know they've been great but i'm still a little hesitant yeah, I, I get that. I mean, when you look at the names on paper, you trust Barnes, you trust uh, Brazier, um, you might trust Brewer by this point now. Uh, I don't think he's done quite enough to really trust him, but I think that he's looked good. Um, certainly yeah. no one really trusts Hembry. We know what Hembry is. Uh, Velasquez, who's pitching the game right now, has been awesome for the team uh, as an innings eater. Brian Johnson's been awesome as an innings eater. Thornburg's velocity has been really good, but he hasn't looked quite quite like, you know, we want him to. Certainly not like 2016 Thornburg. So there are still a lot of reasons to be skeptical about the bullpen, but you can't complain with how they've actually pitched to this point. Yeah, that's fair enough. I I agree with you. That the K per 9 is quite impressive too from that staff. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. All right, let's get to the last and the, the big giant whale in the room, the starting rotation. Here it is, people. We have found the single biggest reason why this team has been hot garbage this year. It's the starting pitching. The team is currently 12th in innings in the major leagues with 46.1 innings from their starters, but they are worst in the MLB in starter ERA at 9.13. 9.13 ERA. <laughs> this is the worst in the MLB by 2.56 earned runs. This is disgusting. Their K-minus walk rate is third in baseball, third worst in baseball. Uh, their whip is 1.96. Um, this is a unit that was universally hailed to be the strength of the team, and everybody counted them as either a top five or top ten rotation in the game, and they've come out and pitched this team out of contention. 
uh, in the early going. I mean, they're the single biggest reason why this team is in a hole. What the hell is going on, Patrick? I, you know, part of me is really one. You know, you just mentioned Diaz uh, is pitching a decent game, right? Well, what did he do? This he pitched a ton. Like I felt like every spring training game I put on, he was pitching. The rest yeah. of the starters not done. They haven't pitched. Like they did not get the same amount of innings as they usually do in spring training. And like I get that this idea of like starters back to have them, you know, well rested and ready for the rest of the year, it's not looking like a great strategy. It's looking like maybe that's a stupid strategy to to hold your starters back like this because they're coming out and it's ugly, ugly for for like part of the team that's supposed to be a real strength is terrible. Yeah, and one of our our listeners, Dan Allen, asked us this question. He said, "How much of the starting pitcher struggles do you blame on the lack of spring training reps?" And I think I agree with you in in Dan here that. This is a huge problem. This is probably the single biggest reason we can look to um, to say why this unit hasn't performed so far. And I think Matt Collins brought this up when we were on Locked On Red Sox together this past week that really you can't judge whether or not this was a good strategy until like, you know, late in the year. Like, see how this unit is throwing in August. But if the team is in such a hole, by the time August comes around that there's no shot at you making the postseason, well, then clearly it wasn't a good strategy. So the the starters are going to have to begin to write the ship within, I don't know, at least by May, they're going to have to start writing the ship or else this is not going to work. Yeah, something's got to change. I, I'm, I'm hoping May is like, let's start in April. Let's get it together now because like there, there has to be a change. Yeah, the offense can't, overcome a lot of these like and the long ball has been a huge problem so far too right like the fastballs like the pitching just looks flawed and you know there's no greater example of that than chris sale obviously and sort of what's going on with him but i mean uh, but he hasn't even been the worst of the like he at least pitched a decent game a lot of time out you know whereas comparison to our boy rick porcello who i totally agree with you i wanted to tell you this jake i totally have the same feelings for porcello that you do oh. um he's my when he's when he's on he's my favorite pitcher in baseball and i think that two seamer into left-handers is my favorite pitch easily um <laughs> so wanted you to know that but <clears throat> but he gave up like what six runs the other day seven in fact <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah i can love him i can love him all i want but if you're giving up seven runs you're not giving the team a chance to win yeah and i think you uh you said something that is really indicative of of another reason why this team has struggled it's the home runs they've given up 16 home runs this year uh the red sox starters uh which is the most in baseball by five. Uh, the Diamondbacks are second with 11 home runs given up. So I mean, they're just they're just letting people tee off on them. Nothing's where it's supposed to be. Nothing's got the velocity. Nothing's got the movement that it's supposed to. Um, there's just a, a whole lot wrong with this right now. So we're gonna have to see where this goes um, and kind of if the Red Sox starters can right the ship. But um, yeah, it's it's ugly, and I think that we know kind of why it's ugly. Uh, I've assigned the blame list, Patrick, and I want to see uh, whether or not you agree with my order for the blame list. So for me, uh, the number one reason is the rotation. The number two reason for me is Jackie Bradley Jr. 
The number three reason for me is Rafael Devers. And the number four reason for this grand historic suckery is second base. Where would you put it? Uh, rotation is a clear number one. Then with you on Jackie Bradley Jr., I swap second base and Devers um, just because second base has been such a cold, abysmal, dark place in that Red Sox lineup. Yeah, and I think you could you could easily um, envision third base turning around sometime soon. I think it's harder to envision second base being a plus for this team at any point this year. Yep, agreed. Yeah. All right, so I also wanted to talk about an article that came out today on uh, MLB.com by Sarah Langs, uh, and it was uh, Worst 10 Game Starts by Defending Champions. All right, so here is how, is how other 10-game starts uh, have gone for other World Series champs and how they finished. Uh, the 1998 Marlins started 1-9. They finished 54-108, and but this was after they tore down and literally traded their entire team. They traded Kevin Brown, Gary Shetfield, Al Leiter, Rob Nen, Jeff Conine, Edgar Renteria, Bobby Bonilla, Charles Johnson, uh, basically, that wasn't the same team. So I don't really think that that is a good comparison for this Red Sox team. No, it's it's not because we have uh, the Red Sox have come back with essentially the same roster from last year. I mean, what's I think Brewer might be the only difference, um, and that yeah. and Leon's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's basically two two guys in the bullpen who are the difference. They don't have Kimbrel and Kelly. So yep, um, yeah, that's that's certainly not a good comparison. The 1984 Orioles uh, started two and eight, same as the Red Sox. They finished 85 and 77. The 1964 Dodgers started two and eight. They finished 80 and 82. And the 1947 Cardinals started two and eight and finished 89 and 65. So essentially, the three teams that came back and actually, uh, you know, brought back most of their team for the next year still finished. Around, you know, above 500 if you take all three in aggregate. So I don't think that the Red Sox are going to have a disastrous season. I still think that they can climb themselves back into playoff contention, but I, I think that there's real reason to worry that this early, uh, these early struggles might keep them from that 95, 96, 97 win, uh, level that we kind of expected out of them coming into the year. Yeah, looking at these uh, these previous results makes me a lot more nervous, to be honest with you. I had uh, really sort of dismissed these early season struggles as something not to worry about, you know, considering the amount of games that are going to be played. But it's interesting, historically, that um, teams have come back and they have not reached that 90 win mark, although the 1947 Cardinals sure came close at 89. Um, but, yeah, and you, you know, nowadays... Uh, how competitive the AL East is, you've got to get at least 90 wins. Yeah, you certainly do, especially with how the Rays are playing and how good that that Yankees lineup is. Um, in her same article, though, she does bring up um, the worst 10-game starts by eventual World Series champs. And the 91 Twins started with the identical record of the Red Sox, 2-8. and eight. They finished 95-67, and 67, won the World Series. The 77 Yankees started with the same record, finished 162 and won the World Series. The 1935 Tigers did the same thing, 93 and 58 won the World Series. 
And lastly, the 1914 Braves started 2-8 and eight and finished 94-59, and 59, winning the World Series. So it's not impossible. However, the Red Sox have done everything they possibly can to make this as hard as they could in this early going. Yeah, I've got a question for you. Do you think that the Rays can win the AL East? Oh, yeah, I totally do. Um, I love the Rays roster. Uh, I think that they have constructed a really effective bullpen. Uh, I think their starting pitching is certainly good enough, and I like the addition of Snell and, uh, well, not the addition of Snell, but how good Snell has emerged to be. Glass now has been pitching excellent. Yanni Chirinos has been awesome. The back end of that bullpen's great, and their hitters are really good, and they've got so much youth coming up that I think that there's just not a lot that that team needs to do externally to improve. I think they'll be able to improve internally as the year goes on as well. So I, I like the, the Rays quite a bit, especially with you know the start for the Red Sox and Yankees. I think that that could be the difference right there that, that puts them in the driver's seat for the division. Yeah, and with the Red Sox, you know, we can hope and pray that things are going to, like, even out. You know, that the team can't really be this bad. You know, it's the same team from last year, essentially this bad. Um, the Yankees, however, have a lot of injuries, and that's going to take um, a toll on them for a while. Uh, so the Red Sox need to take advantage of that by turning, like, turning the ship around right now. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe that's the only decent thing you can point to in this early going is that the Yankees have been almost as bad as the Red Sox have. Um, so, yeah, that's that's about about all you can point to. But uh, it's clearly the Rays' division to lose at this point. Yeah, agreed. So let's get to some listener questions. We're going to buzz through a bunch of these because mostly it's just you guys complaining at us. But, um, <laughs> you know respectfully and we 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 appreciate it uh first question or complaint comes from costa and he says why is eduardo nunez patrick why is eduardo nunez oh he just is he's just eduardo nunez come on you can't be mad at him remember that pinch hit home run from the playoffs come on you can't be mad at him let it go yeah i'm, I'm with you michelle berthium says is it okay to cry yes it sure is michelle uh, we will be your uh, shoulder to cry on throughout the entire year. So just let it out. I've been letting it out all week. <laughs> um, next one comes from Derek. He says, why can't we score more runs than the other team by the time the game has been completed? Well, we already told you. It's the starters, goddammit. Yep. You've got your answer. This uh, This episode answered that question for you as a whole. <laughs> it certainly did. Uh, next one comes from Cape and Hero seventy nine, WTF socks indeed. <laughs> I love, these questions really, they channel the like the real spirit of the team right now. Oh, we have <laughs> the the best listeners in 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 the history of sports. Uh, this it just lets you know that you're still in New England when you when you hear these these questions. The collective psyche of Red Sox fans is, yeah. is very broken right now. <laughs> uh, our next one is from Connor, and he says, why do we remain Red Sox fans? Well, because you have a DVD of what we did last year, hopefully, in your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these past few, uh, this past, like, I don't know, 15 years haven't been so bad, really. So remember that. Yeah, yeah, they've been uh, they've been quite good. 
Uh, next one comes from Anthony Campigato, and he says, what needs to be done to at least not lose a series? Like, what the hell? I don't know. Uh, well, don't give up the long would be a start. Maybe go a game without giving up a home run. That would be great. Maybe pick pitch uh, Hector Velasquez every day um, because he seems to be the only <laughs> one capable of pitching. Something I would have never entertained <laughs> preseason. <laughs> yeah, I certainly never expected to say that. Yeah. Uh, Cilantro Daddy 69 says, why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think we can answer that question on this podcast. <laughs> no, we, we, we need a lot more scotch to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Next one comes from Ian McDonald. I like this one. Looking at it a little bit positive, Ian says, what day will JD set the Red Sox single season home run record? Uh, that is 54 home runs held by David Ortiz. When will he break Ortiz. that this year? Uh, not. <laughs> Sorry to be continue uh, to be uh, to negative to be negative, but can't do that. Man, I sorry. really thought we were going to get something nice there, and then Patrick had to crush it for us. Yeah, he's probably uh, not going to do it, but I'm just going to say he's going to do it by mid-August, and we're all going to be psyched. And his oh, wow. offensive barrage is going to lead us to uh, back to 97 wins, and we're all going to forget this ever happened. So, yeah, wishful thinking, Ian. Uh, next one comes from Rich B, and he says, what did we do to displease the baseball gods? Patrick, you seem to displease the baseball gods often with the way your fantasy teams finish. So tell us, what did we do? Wow. Wow. Burn. Um, Using <laughs> <laughs> the baseball gods as being, uh, I guess, maybe a little too bold in your uh, – or having too much swag. So maybe it's a – it's a World Series hangover. Do you buy into that sort of narrative at all, Jake? That it could be a World Series kind of hangover thing going on with them? Maybe. Um, I, man, it's hard to say. Uh, I think it's maybe a World Series. Dave didn't beef up the bullpen enough, so we had to throw our starters in <laughs> the, the World Series like every other day. So, yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's a thing that you should address, Dave. Not that you've ever heard that before at any of your past jobs that you don't know how to build a bullpen, but uh, you know you're hearing it here from us for the first time. And Craig Kimbrell is still a free agent. Yeah, not that that concerns us at all because we know where we stand on no, that. No, no, definitely. <laughs> uh, Josh Knight uh, has our next question. He says, "What has man done to make God punish us so?" These questions—they're <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not sure we can answer that question on this particular podcast. <laughs> I mean, think about some of the awful things we've done, though, like uh, popcorn-flavored jelly beans, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. terrible. I don't know what else. Um, uh, not having a. Th- a four-day work week in the United States. Um, there's a lot of stuff we've done to make God punish us. So uh, most of reality TV. Um, it's true. Yeah, country all music. Of, pretty much all of reality TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot of reasons. Um, there's a lot of reasons, and I I think I'd be able to list a few more if it wasn't five in the morning in China right now. <laughs> Um, Honey Glazed Hamby has our next question. Great handle, by the way. Uh, he says, what happened to good baseball? Uh, st- 
still in 2018, bud. Just, just keep, just like if you look really hard, you can find some good baseball there. Yeah. Some good baseball. Watch the race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one comes from Dan Allen. Oh, nope, we already took yours. Sorry, Dan. Vegas, baby. Uh, which of you bastards sold all our wins this year for last year's playoffs? I blame Brian Joyner for this. Solely Brian Joyner. So. I can, I can jump on board and blame him, blaming him. Sure. Yeah. I'm in. It's at yep, it's Brian definitely Joyner. His fault. Uh, Brian with a Y, Joyner with at an Brian. I. Yeah. Get at him. Last one here comes from George Moroff and he says, how do we stop sucking? Patrick, this one's for you. You're an expert. <laughs> uh, yeah. So to no longer suck, what we need to do is, uh, the baseball throw the baseball over the plate um, in a way that doesn't give up uh, home runs there. That's my that's my solution to how to stop sucking. Okay. How's I that? I like it. I buy it. Uh, and I'm into it. And I think that uh, Patrick's on to something. So <laughs> with that, Patrick, we are going to end the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you uh, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we would like that. We've gotten a ton of five-star reviews from you guys. We appreciate that. It makes us feel really fuzzy and warm inside. Tell the new guy, Patrick, what you think of him, too, and uh, give him a boost of confidence because Patrick did a good job. Um, also, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, you can do so. Uh, you can follow me at, at @devjake. You can follow Patrick at, at the Green Magnus, and you can follow the Over the Monster account at, at Over the Monster. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will be with you at the same time next week.